Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara with You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. And with me today is Brian, who has a Blog Talk Radio program called uh, Nara Narayama. And Brian is going to be my co host today because Bob is in Ethiopia. Welcome, Brian. Welcome. Good morning, Ma. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing very, very well. How is life for you down in Southern California these days? Absolutely beautiful. The weather has changed into more of a fall setting. It's probably 70 degrees outside with a little bit of a a marine layer coming off the coast. It's absolutely beautiful. That's nice. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, I had an aunt who lived in the area, exactly the community where at least your your phone says you live and um, in Corona and she um, it was I grew up in Whittier and it was always so much warmer in Corona than in uh, Whittier that my idea of of that whole Riverside San Bernardino area is desert and heat so it's interesting to hear you say marine layer yeah it must be coming in pretty good because it's just there's a nice misty fog um, in the mornings for the last days, four or five days, and so the, and it only has been getting up to uh, the mid-70s, maybe high 70s uh, for the last wow. five, four or five days, so I imagine wow. over by the coast, like you said, it's always cooler over there, I imagine it's much cooler down that way by the beach area. Yeah, I imagine it is too, you know, um, when there is kind of a counterwind too in that area, when I was growing up, um, I went to college at Chapman College, which is in Orange, also kind of in the same in the general area, a little bit closer to the ocean. And um, there, for the first time, I experienced Santana winds. <laughs> so that's yes. the counter. And uh, those are high winds, but uh, those come from. Do you know about the Santana winds? Cause oh yes, we get Santana winds every year. In fact, they'll be starting up here in uh, Novemberish. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a, we all, folks, I guess the point of this discussion is the Santana winds are are magnificent winds, uh, generally full of some heat. Um, On occasion, there is some rain with them, and they are strong winds, strong, strong winds. And I know that much of our country right now is being buffeted by uh, weather that is, not necessarily the norm and is extreme, is extreme. And frankly, for the marine layer to get all the way to Corona, which is somewhat inland by maybe two hours, is is a statement that things aren't quite the same as normal in California, um, just like they aren't normal in the rest of the country. And we send all of you uh, good wishes, uh, good wishes, and we hold you in our hearts today as you're experiencing unexpected weather. Uh, as we said last week, it's important that you um, not judge those who are getting the weather as somehow having done something that they're incurring God's wrath. Um, I can't speak to why we're having hurricanes of such magnificence right now, but I certainly can speak to the fact that God loves each and every person the same and is not making judgments about who uh, is worthy and who is unworthy. So, Brian, uh, what was your week like? Oh, my week was, um, well, very interesting. Actually, my last 10 days have been uh, different for me. Um, Speaking of unexpected weather, I've had unexpected situations. Um, Yes. Over the the Labor Day weekend, I was at a, a beautiful waterfall that's not too far from my house where I was um, starting to write a book. Wow, and, good for you. Yeah, it, and it, it's an absolutely beautiful scenic area. Um, I like I love to sit just right by the falls and meditate for a while and and then, uh, you know, get into the flow of the universe and, you know, let, the, let it flow through me and start to write my book. And as right, I was yes. on my way up there, I had an incident where I twisted my ankle. Oh, wow. And so for the last 10 days, I've been on crutches, um, kind of down and out in my, out of my regular routine. And, 
you know, I found it a, a pure blessing for me because it, is, it has taught me so much um, in so many areas of my life. And one of those is to be more mindful and more present in this moment and to not be always projecting into the future, uh, whether it be worry or what or what's going to happen or anything like that. I had to really focus in on, on each movement I was making to make sure I didn't... Uh, you know, bump my ankle up against anything and, of course, using crutches slow you down and you can't carry as much and you can't do as much. And so it just really kept me focused on the now moment. And yes. for me, that's what a lot of these, um, these what we can call weird weather going on. It's helping us to focus on what's around us at this moment and not to I, always suggest the future. I agree with you. I think so many times... Uh, we need to hit the bottom in order to see the glory of the now. And uh, also I think that we have injuries that help us learn the lessons about accepting and asking for help and accepting help and and recognizing our frailty as a human spirit, but the strength of us when combined with others. Um, about, I'm trying to think, it was in 2003, uh, right about this time of year, I was to- coaching a little kid's uh, soccer team. And uh, um, while we were on the field, uh, you know, you play on the field, and I, um, a little girl who had been in front of me ended up behind me, and I was unaware of that. Not only behind but seated on the ground so that her mother could coach her, which is part of the game, folks. So you just, you know, that's the way it is. But I didn't know that, and the game was starting, and I should have been more attentive because these are little kids, and believe me, they generally do not stay where you've placed them. And I'm running backwards, not looking, what an idiot, and fell over and broke both of my wrists. And... uh, I'll tell you, I certainly learned the importance of everything that was going on around me at that moment and of also uh, that I was not the be-all and end-all of all things, that everything didn't have to have my touch and my blessing and, and my my touch. I guess that's it. My touch is probably symbolically the best word. And it was very humbling time, very humbling. And that's part about living in the moment, I think, Brian. Yes. Because I like your story is is the realization that we spend, if we would ask ourselves, perhaps that's the challenge to our guest today, ask yourself how much time for a while, just for a few days, just keep track when you think of it, of the amount of energy and the topics that you are planning today for tomorrow. And 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 when you when you're doing that, kind of segregate it and think about how much of that is planning for how other people are going to act. Because the only beings that we have control over is ourselves, and uh, certainly it's when you lose that control, like you have, Brian, that you recognize um, that you're the only one who can control you. <laughs> and, and and when you're dependent on someone else to help you do basics, it gets pretty scary. Well, that is <laughs> then one you of the have lessons. no. Co- I'm sorry. I was going to say that is one of the lessons I that it was that it was there for me to learn was to be more accepting of other people's help and not to always you know I've always been so good at giving 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 and I I know there's a lot of people out there who can relate mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. sometimes we find it hard to receive. And yes. this has really been a good lesson for me on accepting people's help when they ask. You know, you know, I, I've I've been very arrogant in my life. You know, not saying that I'm always arrogant now, but I oh. have been very arrogant in my life and always wanting to do things for myself. And oh, I'm the man; I can handle this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's helped mm-hmm. me to really yes. accept other people's help when they want to, when they yes. truly want the help and and not have a problem with that and and actually look at it as a blessing and say, thank you for your help. I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it, I'll tell you, it it changed my attitude about reaching my hand out to people. Um, 
who have wheelchairs and who are, um, you know, otherwise disabled um, because I would rather offer to help in sincere kindness, no matter how it's interpreted, than not. Mm-hmm. And I can dare the risk of their censure and their unhappiness and their thinking, I think they can't do it because that's not what I think at all. And I'm only in charge of my behavior. And I, you know what, because I've always been said, well, you shouldn't offer to help someone because they, you may offend them and make them think you think they can't do it. That has never happened to me even one time. I offer all the time, and no no one has acted as though I thought that I was all-knowing and all-superior, which causes me to think that maybe it has to do a little bit with where we start, where we start with our actions. I would agree with you completely, and in fact, not only just a little bit, but that is truly where it comes from, because it's what you're projecting into the situation. If you're coming from the place, and this has been my experience, if you're coming from the place of, oh, this person is, you know, can't make it on their own and they need other people's help and so, you know, let me, you know, it's, it's like you're trying to boost yourself up through this situation because you can help that person who needs the help. When you come through it in that way, they can have a tendency to say no or, you know, I'm fine, I can handle myself. <laughs> but, when, but like what you said, when you come from that place of just, purely wanted to help just to help. Not that they that they particularly need the help, but you just like to help people. When you come from yeah. that place, I've noticed in, in my situations as well that people have a tendency to agree and allow you to because you're not coming yeah. from that place of superiority. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. You're coming from a place that is more centered in peace. Yes. And Brian today has agreed to lead us in a centering exercise. We're going to use as our background music, And Now Be Still Thy Soul. And when Brian finishes, I'll I'll lead us in a collective, um, collective thought of love, collective love thought. Uh, Before we begin that, today's topic, as you know, is excuses, 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 it should say, unnecessary. Um, and we're going to talk a bit about how we all strive for some sort of perfection and forget that um, we're just who we are. And Brian, it's interesting that we've talked today, just in this prelude, about things that are as they are. You can't Mm -hmm. change it, so it's accepting it. And those times when we're not... Perfect, and we will be talking about that a little bit more in a few minutes, are times when um, the key word probably is acceptance. Before Brian begins, let me share um, a quote from the Shivastavatra Upanishad. May we harness body and mind to see the Lord of life who dwells in everyone. May we ever with one-pointed mind strive for blissful union with the Lord. May we train our senses to serve the Lord through the practice of meditation. Great is the glory of the Lord of life, infinite, omnipresent, all-knowing. He is known by the wise who meditate and conserve their vital energy. And if I might state, they conserve their vital energy by trying to avoid getting caught up in the chaos of life. With that... I'm going to start Be Still Thy Soul, and Brian is going to lead us in a meditation exercise. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Mara. Everyone who's hearing my voice now, please close your eyes. Get comfortable in whatever position makes you most comfortable. (coughs) And start to take big, deep breaths in through the nose, and out to the mouth. In through the nose. And out to the mouth. And as you take these deep breaths, feel your lungs expand and contract. 
and just focus on that sensation. Just become one with it. Now I want you all to visualize at the very top of your head a small elevator. And this elevator is in the dead center of the top of your head. And as we continue to breathe, deep breath out, I want you to visualize this elevator slowly going down through your body as it starts to enter the top of your head. Making sure you breathe, feeling it slowly moving down as you feel it get to the forehead and you also feel it in the back of your head as it slowly makes its way down as it makes its way towards your eyes and nose and down to your mouth and continue to breathe in and out into the nose and out to the mouth on down into your throat, feeling it in the back of your throat, in the back of your neck, and the throat. Continue down into your upper chest. And now as we continue to breathe, you feel emerging in the sensation of your lungs as you continue to breathe in and out. of your feet as it makes its way all the way down into the earth. And now take a moment here to stop and breathe once again into the nose and out to the mouth. And now you start to feel the elevator make its way back up as it enters into your feet. You feel it in the tops of your feet and the bottom of your feet. As it now makes its way up into your ankles. You continue to breathe long, deep breaths as the elevator comes into your calves. You feel it in your shins and in your calves. And as you continue to breathe nice and slow, you feel it in your knees. And as the sensation continues up your body, up your legs, you start to feel it in your thighs. Taking deep breaths as it comes along. You now feel the elevator making its way up into the top of your thighs. And as it continues on, into your hips and buttocks. You make sure you breathe in and out, nice and deep. And now you feel the elevator entering your lower back and your solar plexus. And you can really feel it start to build as it makes its way up more and more. And now you start to feel it in your arms, in your hands, in your wrists. And as it makes its way up more, you start to feel it in your forearms. As you start to feel it in the upper belly as well. And as it makes its way up 
into your biceps and triceps. You also feel it in your lungs once again. And you take a deep breath in and out. As it starts to make its way up to this, into your upper chest and into your shoulders. You feel this energy as it starts to mix its way up again into your neck and you feel it in, in your throat as well. And as you continue to breathe, you feel it continue up into your mouth and nasal area as well as into the back of your lower head. And as you continue to breathe, you feel it entering into your forehead in the back of the, on the top of your upper head. And as it continues on, breathing deeply in and out, you feel the elevator continue through the top of your head and into the universe to be shared with everyone. Let us reach out our right arm. Reach it out to embrace the hand, the energy of those who are listening now and those who will come later. Let's feel the energy that Brian has helped us create in ourselves now moving down our arms out through the palm of our hands. Feel the palm of your hand tingling as your fingers begin to light up the energy that you are sending out to those who are listening now and later feel that energy and imagine now the world in front of you and know that you alone are enough to change the world by a simple act and stop judging your acts pull into yourself the energy of the universe from the elevator that has now gone through your crown chakra Open yourself up and transfuse yourself with the universe of love, with love's energy. Now imagine the world in front of you and know that you are an important agent of change. Let us reach out our left arm now to close the circle and feel the energy coming from all who are listening now and later. Feel your fingers starting to tingle and the palm of your hand beginning to warm up as that energy moves up your left arm, moves up past your bicep, past your tricep, and completes the circle by resting in your heart in the zone of love. Now let us imagine together a beacon of love coming from your heart and for all of us as that earth begins to fill up with beacons of love, with people who see more in others than they are showing, with people who see more in themselves than they may have just lived. Let us fill our hearts with hope for a better future, for love. Let us recognize, as we are sending this energy around, the peace does not come just from putting down guns, but the putting down guns comes from individual persons just like you and I and Brian, deciding to lead out in peace. Let us believe that someday, and let us use our brow chakra, feel the energy of that coming from between your eyes, your third eye. Send out energy, a second beacon of peace. See peace in others but first see peace in you. 
believe that it is possible to be peace. Believe that it is possible to be peaceful. Believe that it is possible as you're breathing to be at peace. Feel the energy of peace surrounding you surrounding the planet. See through your third eye peace, happiness, kindness, an end to starvation, an end to homelessness. A quiet rebuke when someone steps away from peace as opposed to a resounding censor. Let us start by our actions today, placing a value on the peaceful spirit. Let us use this energy that Brian has helped us create today, and that together we have multiplied over and over and over again. Let us use this energy to value peace. Namaste, my friends. Namaste. And for those who feel more comfortable, Thank you, Brian, very much. Thank you, Ma. That was wonderful. Thank you. Well, my friends, we really hope that you will call in today and talk to us a little bit about those times, perhaps when you've caught yourself being in the midst of excuses and realized that the excuses were not solving anything. The call-in number here is 646-595-3584. Myself, I will tell you, I have come to know that it's when I do not feel safe, when I'm afraid of negativity, that not only do I hold myself to a high standard, I hold other people to seeing my standard, and that that will give birth to excuses from me. I have a Sunata Vaga quote that I think goes to that very idea, that I get caught up in worrying about judgments other people might have about me instead of just accepting whatever has happened and moving on. And that father reads, if you keep thinking, that man has abused me, holding it a much-cherished grievance, your anger will never be allayed. If you can put down that fury-inducing thought, your anger will lessen. Fury will never end fury. It will just ricochet on and on. Only putting it down will end such an abysmal state. I can hear some of you thinking, well, that doesn't have to do with excuses. But let's look at why do we offer excuses? I think because we think someone else isn't seeing why we did what we did, our good intentions, our good motives. What are your thoughts, Brian? Yes, I would agree with that. Um, you know, it's, it's a to, to make an excuse is to is to basically say um in a way that you haven't done your best mm-hmm. and that now you need to um justify why it might be that you weren't able to do your best due to some outside um circumstances or or behaviors or situations that prevented you from doing such things and so we we 
it's in in wanting to to give out an excuse is to basically not want to take responsibility for your actions. And yeah. and when we when we do that, we not only give our power away, but then we when we we give our power away to this what we call excuse, and then we feed our power into the excuse by making it stronger than us, and start to believe within ourselves that we can't do certain things because this uh, tendency keeps happening in my life or whatnot. And one quote that I really love that talks about this is from the book um, God I Am by Peter O. Irby. And he says, whatever we fight gets stronger. And so when we are fighting something with an excuse or blaming something, or attacking something, we make that thing stronger in our lives. And therefore, we feel if we want to finally get over that thing, we have to fight even harder, which only makes it stronger still. And so as you were saying, the only way to, and just like that quote was saying, is that fury will will not defeat fury, it will just feed it, and it will keep ricocheting back and forth off of the fury. And... There's this wonderful quote that I've just pulled up from, um, let's see, I believe it's from Benjamin Franklin. And he's, and this is about peace. And he says, there, there never was a good war or a bad peace. So to drop that thing that you are fighting against or the excuses that you are making and just say, at that point in time, I did the best that I could. But I know I feel within myself I can do better. And now you're striving towards something that you know, that you feel within you. Not what other people expect from you, but what you feel within you. And when you come from that place, you find yourself expanding. You find yourself doing better the next time. Not that you didn't do your best at the time before, but your best will improve, if you will. And that's because you have learned a step that was holding you back. You see, we're all here for the learning. We're all here for the fun of it. We're all here to know ourselves better, to expand. We are expansive beings, and the universe is constantly expanding. And so when we discover things about ourselves, we expand. And so when we discover these, these things, that that we do, we then get to learn from them and expand. But when we throw out an, out an excuse, I find at least within myself that you stop expanding at that time and you are actually stuck in that place. And here's a wonderful quote about excuses and how that is portrayed in staying in one place. And this comes from Eric Hoffer. And it says, For many people, an excuse is better than an achievement because an achievement, no matter how great, leaves you having to prove yourself again in the future. But an excuse can last forever. You see, when we give ourselves excuses, we stay in the same place over and over again. But when we let that go and we say, next time I'll do something different, then we expand into the future. That is so true. You know, that is so true. And uh, and, and, and think about it, my friends. Uh, once again, call in and talk to us, but think about those those friends you have who talk about who are caught in the past. I actually have two friends, uh, two male friends, who want to talk about, one who wants to talk about how when he, he was the quarterback at 14, and, you know, but for all of these other factors happening, he would be a professional football player today. And so you can be certain that when you're listening to his life story, he's trapped. He's missed out on all the beauty of the days from when he was 14 because he doesn't accept that he was part of the plan for him was to live a different life. He clings to the life he believes he would have lived had he not broken his arm when he was 14. 
Or I have another friend who um, he has he has all sorts of sports stories too. But the story that I really really touches my heart for that friend, and I see what Brian is talking about: the building on of the excuses until you're trapped in that for life. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. I have allergies or something, and I'm going to cough. Pardon me. <coughs> He is truly the probably book smartest person I've ever met in my life. Truly the smartest person I've ever met in my life. And even if I didn't believe that, he would tell me that and he would show me that by his way of talking and his demeanor. And without fail, at some point he will tell you that when he was it, he was 12 years old, uh, he was offered a place at Harvard. Well, I don't know about you, Brian, but to me, that's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> yep, I, I'm very impressed. And his father said no. So now he just bounces from job to job to job. Never finished college. Uh, went in, didn't go to a class took the test, got the highest grade of any, when he was college age, first college class, got the highest grade of anybody in the class, but because the teacher curved the grade so that people who did attend class, one of them could have an A2, um, he um, felt that that was unfair and he quit college. And he doesn't see how over and over and over again, he has cut off his nose despite his face. Rather than accepting, just saying, okay, well, let me do the best at what I do have in front of me. All right, maybe everybody's not seeing that the way I intended it. I think the time comes. You know I've been caught up in that kind of excuse myself lately as we're talking here. I, Not of the magnitude of these guys, but... Uh, my um, I, I my boss asked for me to run an agenda at a meeting, and he stayed. And it was kind of like a trial run because I'm in a public position, so I would was ultimately going to do it alone. And and I was going to I am going to do it alone this coming week. And my boss didn't tell anybody that we were doing a, a trial run. And so as a consequence, when it was over, when I was hoping I had done the right things, I instead had evoked a huge horror story, folks. Just a huge horror story. And I just realized as we're doing this program that probably between now and then, a hundred times, God forgive me, a hundred times I have said, well, when I was uh, doing the trial run, da-da-da-da-da. It's like, I'm keeping the energy of that past event alive, not other people. They've forgotten about it. And in doing that, I'm also influencing my present. I'm not enjoying the beauty of the moment. So we all do it, my friend. I think that was absolutely perfect. And if I may, I would like to actually speak on that, on forgiveness. Please. To me, that's what forgiveness is, is just letting it go and saying it happened in the past. And this kind of goes right along with excuses. How if we just let it go and move on, we'll, we will expand and grow. But when we hold on to that, we affect our now moment, which affects our future moments, by continuing to hold on to it. So one thing that I've realized within myself, and this is strong, strong words, but they're very true, and that is that the perpetrator, no matter how heinous the act, in your life, probably only did it one time. But by you holding on to it and not letting it go, which is what forgiveness is, you keep perpetrating that same act within your mind who knows how many times yes. until you finally let it go. And so you see the perpetrator in, in that situation has already, just like Mara said, forgotten about it, but she was the one holding on to it and playing it over and over again, and which stunted her growth in her life. 
So we need to uh, just accept things as they are and let them go. And there's this wonderful quote on acceptance from William James, who is a philosopher. And he says, acceptance of what has happened is the first step to overcoming the consequences of any misfortune. You can't move beyond it until you accept it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 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 you're right, that is crucial and key to forgiveness is just accepting things are as they are. And it it's like I um that's kind of a part of what I when I'm always saying, um, when I say love what lessons are there in this for me, that's basically that question comes from me at that place when I accept you know, I just say, okay, I may not like it this way and it may make me really fussy and I really wish that someone had seen it. You know, let's use my example. I wish someone had, had known. And, and you know what? Inheriting that is kind of a blaming and, and anger at others too. And I wish all of that had, had occurred, and uh, but it didn't. And now what do I want to do now? Now. And and then what lesson is there in this for me? And and today I, I've actually had a serendipitous moment here on the air, but um, forgiving yourself, my friends. Um, when Brian and I spoke before the radio uh, program began today, that was one of the topics or one of the parts of this that uh, I thought was is, is kind of crucial for us to keep in mind, and that is, Self-forgiveness. Generally, we offer excuses because we're striving for some perfect standard that other people don't see us reaching, or we think other people don't see us reaching. You know, we put our own analysis into it. And then um, we um, basically then explain why we're not perfect. I don't know if that came out right, but but of course we're not perfect. And and then we have to get to a place where we forgive ourselves. If we don't forgive ourselves, we will end up in um, a morass of being a 50-year-old person uh, who's still lamenting something that happened, I'm not sure about the math, but I think 38 years ago. And we don't want to do that. You know, I have. Um, go ahead. Excuse me. Yes. This story came to me when you were telling me that story of your friend who dropped out mm-hmm. of college because the grade got curved and he didn't feel like it was fair, and he keeps he keeps you know sticking himself in this life of life isn't fair because people you know I earned this thing other people didn't earn it they didn't work mm-hmm. as hard as I did so why should they get the kudos, like, you know, and and I shouldn't just be the only one to get the kudos. Mm-hmm. But you see, we're all in this life, to, in this world together. We're all here to help one another, not just to get above everyone else and say, I made it to the top. It's to mm-hmm. help bring everyone else up with us. And so, yeah. actually, I have, before I even knew it, before I, quote, woke up and realized the truth of life, I was always into Star Wars. And this brings mm-hmm. me back to a a little story inside of one of the Star Wars uh, books, and this is after the movies. Um, there was this guy who was very good at flying planes, and he was, you know, he was the, the trickster and the, you know, he was the, the ace pilot. Mm-hmm. And he, he joined the team to help, you know, the X-Wing team to, you know, to help fight you know, the dark side. And mm-hmm. he, was, he was the ace cocky pilot, and so he went first in his trial run and did really, really well and, you know, found like this really wonderful way to go through to where you can accomplish the mission very, very nicely. And mm-hmm. the commander of the, of the squad gave all the information of his flying path to the rest of the people. Mm-hmm. And because they had heads up on where to go, they did, they did a better score than he did because he ran raw and they had help. And he mm-hmm. was all upset at that. Why should they, you know, I did all this and I risked it and all this. And then, you know, the, the commander brought him in and said, we're a team. And if you do something 
that can help the rest of the, the team out, then I'm going to share that with the rest of the team. This is a team effort, not an individual effort. And so that's what really came to mind when you, when you were telling that story, is that he should have been happy that his work helped other people. Yes. Because that's what we're doing here. No matter what we're doing, we're all helping each other in some way. Mhm. Yeah. And so we should be proud yeah. of those of those of the work that we do that helps other people. Mhm. Yeah, no, that's right. That we're here and and you know what? And that comes that brings us back to that what we were talking about also that when we're holding ourselves to a perfect standard, uh you know, sometimes it's our imperfection that is really the uh, lesson that, uh, or the experience that we need to provide so that another person can actually be the star, just as you were just describing with the Star Wars uh, saga. Um, by way uh, of example, that always reminds me, and I've told the story over and over, and I'm not going to tell you all Neil Donald Walsh's The Littlest Soul again, but if you'll recall, just generally, that's the story of a young soul that had not traveled to our planet, had not really experienced anything, and uh, basically asked God for the opportunity to forgive. And God said, there's nothing to forgive here, little soul. I mean, everything in our uniformity, folks. In our unity, that's probably they're both true. When we are all the same and when we are all united, there there is no contrast. There there is nothing to experience, but just it just is. And so God was explaining that to the littlest soul, and the littlest soul was very sad. And uh, from amongst those people that God was speaking to, a very sage, sage soul case stepped out. Just beautiful, beautiful wisdom. And, I mean, had lived every experience there was to live. And the little, and said, little soul, I'll let you forgive me, but I ask only one thing. You remember who I am. So, folks, even in our down moments, we are contributing to the lessons of the whole. We're part of the team. So, when I'm not my highest self, please remember who I am. And when you are not your highest self, I promise to try to remember who you are. And if I don't, then I will try again. And when I am not my highest self, I ask only that you try to remember who I am. Please try. So that I don't, and I don't need then to get caught up in stagnating, pulling, kind of like the Brea Tar Pits, (laughs) you know, time of excuse and lose the moment, the magic of the moment. So thank you well, for that, that reminder. I'm absolutely enjoying this conversation. Me too. Very much, Brian. I'm enjoying having you here. Thank you so much for stepping up to the plate. Um, I'm very, very appreciative of that. I think that sometimes uh, my friends... So we forget that self-love means that we uh, it's it's the same unconditional love that uh, God, Allah, Yahweh, the Great Spirit, whatever name you attribute to the be-all and end-all, um, unconditionally loves us. And and life is much simpler when everything is okay. Much less plotting has to go into it, don't you think, Brian? Yes, yes. Well, that's why that's why the reason we came down here was for the, all those experiences. But that's yeah. what you know. That's what I'm noticing within my life is mm-hmm. that it's not that I know that I used to that I used to struggle with this within myself. 
and that I always mm-hmm. heard this from other people when I would talk about this, is that, you know, I'd say that everything is, you know, everything is perfect or everything is um, the way it's supposed to be and life can be what what some people would call utopia or heaven mm-hmm. on earth. And the, the, I think that the place where a lot of people get stuck, because this is where I got stuck for a while, was thinking that when that happens, Life is going to be so, quote, boring because there's nothing ever going to go wrong and you're just going to be, like, sitting there on big, fluffy pillows uh, eating grapes all day long and there's going to be nothing to it. And I've noticed within myself that that's not necessarily the way things go. It's that whatever happens is fine and you flow with the moment. That's what we can call being at peace and being in yeah. what others can name utopia. Yeah. It's not that those things like me twisting my ankle doesn't happen. It's that when that does happen, you are not so irate or so put down or calling yourself an idiot for letting this happen to you or whatever. You just accept it for what it is, and you enjoy that experience. And that sounds weird, but I have enjoyed the pain of this experience because it's Another sensation. We came down here into these bodies for these wonderful sensations of our touch, feel, taste, smell, sight, hearing. I mean, this is what we're doing. And so if we can just accept, and there's that word again, accepting the way they are, and in that acceptance you can actually find a little bit of joy, you will then move past that onto another sensation, another experience. And then you get to enjoy that one for what it is. And to me, that's what yeah. that's what life is. All for all the experiences. Yes, yes, that is what it is. You know, I have a little quote here from Yogananda that kind of goes to that idea. I'm not sure he would have selected it, but I think it does fit. Um, and uh, this is a direct quote. I'm not adding. Um, anything to it and it goes consider no one a stranger learn to feel that every body is your kin family love is merely one of the first exercises in the divine teacher's course in friendliness intended to prepare your heart for an all-inclusive love just as Brian described an all-inclusive love Feel that the lifeblood of God is circulating in the veins of all races. How does anyone dare to hate any human being of any race when he knows that God lives and breathes in awe? The same is true with judgment and of ourselves, friend, of ourselves. We are Americans or Hindus or other nationalities for just a few years, but we are God's children forever. The soul cannot be confined within man-made boundaries. Its nationality is spirit. Its country is omnipresence. This does not mean that you must know and love all human beings and creatures personally and individually. All you need to do is to be ready at all times to spread the light of friendly service over all living creatures which you happen to contact. This requires constant mental effort and preparedness. In other words, unselfishness. The sun shines equally on diamond and charcoal, but one has developed qualities that enable it to reflect the sunlight brilliantly while the other absorbs all the sunlight. Emulate the diamond in your dealings with people. Brightly reflect the light of God's love and of God's self-love, my friends, of God's self-love. Yes, that's, that's exactly it, and that that comes along with the what you were saying with the, the little soul in the sun. Mm-hmm. It's just you know just to to recognize that uh, you know the whole premise behind the soul in the sun was that we were going to come down here, and one person was going to one soul, one very uh, wise soul was going to come down, and what we might call perpetrate an act against the other one 
for its behalf because it asked for the experience. Mm-hmm. It wanted to have the experience of forgiveness. And you can't forgive things that you enjoy. There's no need to forgive things that you enjoy. It's forgiving the things that you might find unenjoyable that we have to forgive. And so wanting to have that experience of, of forgiving someone, someone else has to do you the favor, and that's the key favor, to give you something to forgive. Yes. So we should look on these on these acts as a blessed situation because it gives us that chance. It gives us that opportunity. And if we don't forgive, this goes back to what I was saying about excuses, that it goes and it just continues on and on and you don't expand and you don't grow past it. Yes. You stay stuck. Yes. You get trapped, admired in in a time that's gone and you miss out on the beauty of the moments that are right around you. As we're finishing today, um, perhaps we've got about three minutes left in the show. Perhaps we can talk about what we see around us. Um, Obviously, there are times, I just confessed a time when I haven't gotten past excuses, but what kinds of things do we do to uh, avoid justifying and excusing based on our perception our perception of the negative perceptions of other people that sounds like the uh, what we call hearsay within hearsay in my profession <laughs> you know it's so far removed from the truth we don't even know what the truth is we just presume so how do mm-hmm. we step past presumptions um, Brian would you like to start if you want me to start uh, please go ahead uh, for me when I I find that those times when I get caught in the morass of thinking I'm not enough, I, for some reason, I don't even know why, love just makes something sparkle in my presence. So um, on mornings like today, I love doing the radio show in my little office here because I look out and I see all of the trees around me glistening with the energy that we share and I feel full of that energy Uh, when I'm in my office I might suddenly notice a picture that I have on the wall or a smile a twinkle in the smile of one of my children and it pulls me back to the present and when I find myself too too far removed from the present to where I'm not even at peace then I take three deep breaths And I asked that question I said last week. Love, what lessons are there in this for me? I just accept because what is, is. It is done. There's nothing more. Brian, I'm going to let you say the final words for the day, and I so appreciate your being here. My friends, Brian will be with me next week again. So uh, next week we'll we'll be talking about loving others as you love yourself. Brian, uh, you're on. I know for me, and thank you, Mara, I enjoyed this, and I'll be back again next week, as you said. Um, I know for me, even just last night, I experienced um, worry into the future, and it started to take hold of me, and I, and I caught myself and said, ah, that's not what I want, that's not what I want to project into my future and experience. So I actually found myself sitting down, taking some deep breaths, uh, very similar to the ones that we opened up the centering exercise with and I just said to my angels and if you um, believe in angels or spirit guides or your higher self or God or Yahweh or Allah whatever you want to call it and I just said please take these thoughts from me and I gave them up and then all of a sudden I started to feel wonderful sensations in me the peace of God again uh, universe, energy, Yahweh, whatever, and I started having um, thoughts of positive things, of how I'm going to affect my future positively, and I found myself starting to write these things down, um, and it was just a very, a very peaceful thing, and I found myself um, just writing a couple pages out of, of futuristic um, images of myself of what I wish to become. And that really just transformed the negative 
thoughts and excuses and worries into a positive outlook. And I know within myself these things, um, you know, do affect your future. And so it's your choice of what you want to be thinking about. And so for me, whenever I do find myself in negative, um, destructive thoughts, I just offer them up to my higher self. And they vanish just like that. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Brian. And namaste to all our listeners. May peace enfold you. And, Brian, I will talk to you next week. Yes. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. In the morning, 830. (laughs) Okay. All right. Between now and then, may love enfold you, Brian. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye.